missing peace. And in a world that's uh, struggling to know peace, we uh, have been looking at finding missing peace. And so the first week I talked about finding global peace as a promise from God that, that peace will come eventually to those on whom his favour rests. The Bible tells us that's what the uh, angels sang to the shepherds the first Christmas morning. Last week we talked about finding relational peace and how we can do that. And this morning I want to talk about finding personal peace. And I want to look at this passage in Luke chapter 2. It's a little bit later than the, um, than the birth of Christ, but it has something to do with Christmas in that Christ wouldn't have been here if it wasn't for Christmas. So I'm going to read the first screen. Can you link that to the back screen? Thanks, Sean. I'm going to read the first screen and you might like to join me. And join in on the second screen. This is what it says from Luke chapter 2, verses 39 to 52. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. Whoop, there, your turn. So this, this story picks up after they'd presented Jesus uh, at the temple when he was a baby. Verse 41 says, Every year his parents went to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the feast according to the custom. Thinking that he was in their company, they travelled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. After three days, now do the maths, one day out, came back, and then after three days, so hadn't they, how, how many days hadn't they seen him for? They found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. Why were you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Let's pray. Dear Father, we thank you for your plan uh, for us. We thank you for your plan that includes the sending of your son at what we celebrate as Christmas time. We thank you for the reason for his coming. And Lord, as we look at some of the early years of Jesus' life, I pray that you'll show us how we can find personal peace with you, how we can point others to finding personal peace with you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I don't, know if you, uh, I don't know if as parents and grandparents you were reading along there and you're thinking, yep, that's what 12-year-olds do. Yep, 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 yep. And uh, you might have been through one of those, those experiences, whether it be in the shopping centre or on a holiday somewhere, where one of your child, children go missing. Anybody been there? Some of us have. Uh, those who have little ones, you're yet to experience that wonderful uh, fear of not knowing where your children are because it's bound to happen sometime. 
So you can imagine Joseph and Mary getting a day out of town, discovering that Jesus was not playing with his cousins, was not amongst the family relatives in the group. Where was he? You can imagine. You can imagine. So how does this story help us to find peace in our daily life today, this Christmas and the days beyond? How does this story help us to find peace, find personal peace? There was some spectacular activity around Jesus' birth, wasn't there? You know, I don't know if you've ever tried to read the Bible and put your, put your feet into the sandals of those who are actually participating in the event. But for me, I would not like to have been a shepherd that night. It would have been nerve-shaking, wouldn't it? It would have been rattled. I would have been rattled. I would have been a combination of both fear and wonder in the same moment. Let alone... Joseph and Mary and the wonder of the birth of Jesus. And then down the track later on, the visiting Magi, the strange gifts that they gave. All this was spectacular for what could have been and should have been just an ordinary birth. So there was these spectacular moments. And sometimes I think our world at this Christmas time get, uh, is involved in a little bit of escapism, you know. All this uh, love, peace, hope, and joy is a bit of an escapism, especially with it, when it's all the unwrapping of the gifts and the, and the receiving of gifts and all that sort of stuff. Because just for a moment in history, people have forgotten that that was the beginning of God's plan for the world. From that time on, that was the beginning of God's plan. And people have escaped into the event rather than recognising God's ongoing plan in it. And so hopefully this morning... I think by looking at this story of Jesus, we might understand a little bit more about how what happened at Christmas, the birth of Jesus, can lead us into finding personal peace every day of our lives, no matter what we're going through. So for Jesus, I wonder if it was anything out of the ordinary for him to be going with his parents to Jerusalem. You know, what was the town that they grew up, he grew up in and where he lived? What was that town? Nazareth, he was born in Nazareth, that's right. And in his growing up years, he was part of a ordinary, Jewish, godly family. And that's what he was used to. There's been some speculation over the years about how much Jesus knew of his mission, if you like, to the world at that young age. And there's been some books written uh on all sorts of topics ranging from how he, he formed a little birds out of clay and brought them to life. Or um, he found a dead animal on the side of the road and brought it back to life. Believe it or not, there are uh, books written about that in, in, in history. I think they're speculations rather than truth. But in Luke's Gospel, what we've read this morning, it's a more ordinary account, if you like, an ordinary account of Jesus' growing years. So... We started where, in the passage this morning, we started where his parents had presented him at the temple as, as uh, godly Jewish parents did. And then the next few verses are about his life up until he was 12 years old. He grew up in a poor, relatively poor Jewish home. He grew up in a tradesman's home in the town of Nazareth. It was a rural area where people fished and farmed. And that was the society that Jesus grew up in. He learnt 
the family practice, if you like. What was his dad's trade? Carpenter. So the normal thing in those days was that the son would follow on in the dad's profession or trade. And so I can imagine pictures like this. Oh, sorry. Uh, next one. There, pictures like this. You know, in the workshop. Uh, do you know what they made as carpenters in those days? Any, any guesses? You know, people would probably say all the normal stuff like furniture, houses. Most of the houses were, were clay brick, but they built the timber surrounds for the doors and lots of stuff. They used to make all the farming implements because the ploughs in those days weren't metal pronged ploughs, they were timber ploughs. And most of the uh, tools that were used around the farm were timber tools. It was only later on that a lot of metal tools came into practice. So Jesus would have been familiar. The suspicion is that Jesus became a carpenter. By the time he was 30, he was a tradesman carpenter. And he would do those things that his dad did. Whatever status of life you're in, whether you're a shepherd, it's expected that a shepherd's son would become a shepherd. Carpenter's son become a carpenter. And all the way through society, there was no variety like we have today of what the children may choose to do on their own as they grow older. But for Jesus, it was expected that he was a carpenter. It was physically demanding work. It was tiring work. It was challenging. Potentially muscle-building work because the carpenters didn't just go down to Bunnings and buy the uh, plain timber. They had to go out and cut the tree first and then prepare the timber. So it was uh, quite a task for the carpenters in that day. But the point here is that Jesus grew up in a relatively ordinary Jewish family. Knowing that there was something about his life that was different, I believe. Jesus age 12, this is an interesting account of Jesus in that they did the normal Jewish thing, which was go to Jerusalem for the Passover uh, feast and the Feast of Tabernacles every year. They went there and we read in those verses that they did all the right things. But when it was time to leave, they couldn't find Jesus. When they'd left, rather, they couldn't find Jesus. So they rushed back. And I've got some... Every year his parents went to Jerusalem for the Feast of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the feast according to the custom. So he was involved in a faithful, godly Jewish family. Ordinary, as it were, faithful family. After the feast was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. But they were unaware of it. And that was pretty typical. I was reading, there's a book that I've had for many years, uh, The Life and Times of Jesus the Messiah by, um, by Edersheim. And it's a great book looking at the culture and the practices of Jesus' day. And it was fairly common on the trip to and from the uh, Passover in Jerusalem that kids would play with kids, that they'd be out there with their cousins or their friends and, and mum and dad would only see them at night time when they set up the tent and made the, made the meal. And that's how long it took for Joseph and Mary to discover that Jesus wasn't with them. And so they turned around straight away and went back to Jerusalem. They began looking for him among the relatives and friends. They went back to Jerusalem to look for him as well. They found him after three days. So I wonder where they looked first. If it took them three days to find Jesus, where did they look first? We don't know the answer to that. But they probably looked in all the normal places where they'd been or stayed or or visited while they were in Jerusalem, and ultimately they ended up at the temple. He was sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Remember, he was a 12-year-old. 
not quite adolescent in our terms, certainly not a man in their terms, but he was there amongst the teachers listening and asking questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. There was something different about this child. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. So they were worried, as any loving parents would be with a missing child. They were worried. They certainly didn't have any peace in their hearts and minds at that time. But here was Jesus having the ball of his life with the teachers and and the authorities at the uh, temple. Maybe he hadn't thought about what his parents were going through. They were on their way to Jerusalem there, worried, looking for him, came back to Jerusalem. Where did they find him? In the temple amongst the teachers. And what did he say to them? Where else should I be? Where else should I be other than in my father's house? In my father's house. That very statement, I think it indicates that there there was no worry, there was no anxiety, there was no fear in Jesus' life at the time. He was right where he knew he should be. This is the first time in the Gospels that we hear him talk about God as his Father. And for you and I, that should be the foundation, that should be the bedrock of our peace for our personal life every day, knowing God as our Father, just like Jesus spoke it to his parents then. Because that statement never changed throughout his life. He had that peace of knowing God the Father all the years of his life. At age 30, at at Jesus' baptism, God said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. When he faced temptation, he, he knew that he was God's son, that he was the son of, the fa- of Father God. In, and he knew that all the way through from what he first understood at the age of 12. As Jesus grew, he knew that he was developing into a wonderful relationship with God, his Father. Oh, and the, co- and the thing didn't cro- copy across very well, did it? I believe Jesus wants us to realise the importance of ordinary day life and discover the peace that we can have as we have a growing relationship with God. He was in a godly family. He was was shown the ropes, if you, as you were, by his godly parents. But it was only when he discovered and understood, probably more, that he was the son of God the Father that things started to change for him. Do we value our ordinary life? You know, Christmas is a special time for us, isn't it? It's a special time. We have lots of fun. We make plans. Some of us get frazzled and tired and all the preparations. But at the end, we say it was really worth it to spend time with friends or family. What about ordinary life? Does God use your ordinary life to remind you of how special you are to him? Does he remind you of the peace that you can have day by day outside of those spectacular events and those fun events of the seasons? I wonder as we look at this new year, not far away now, we approach it with some new daily rhythms of how we might make sure that we walk with God day by day, 
how our children and our grandchildren and our friends would know that we have this realisation that every day we are walking with God. And with that comes a sense of personal peace. I wonder. I wonder. Okay. Just to finish this morning, I believe that Jesus' life had a different, he had a different view of life to what his parents did, to what Joseph and Mary did. They were understandably anxious, weren't they? They were understandably anxious about him being supposedly lost, as most parents would be. But did Jesus think that he was lost? No, he was in his father's house. So he didn't feel lost at all. So their perspective on that situation was quite different. I wonder if he might have been a little bit naive about causing his parents to worry and have some anxiety. Uh, most 12-year-olds probably are a little bit naive about those things. But as Jesus grew older, he never changed. He never doubted that relationship with God the Father. He never doubted his parents' love for him either. But he trusted in the God that he knew as the good Father God in heaven. And that's what gave him peace every day. To the point where even at the cross, he completely trusted in God. Hanging on the cross, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. There was a peace about that. Even in the midst of an awful situation, there was a peace that Jesus had. I wonder, for you and I, this is playing catch-up, isn't it? It's terrible. Sorry about that. I wonder, and even the last one, personal peace, that should say, finding personal peace. Wonder what about us individually here today? Do we know that personal peace that comes from a relationship with God? And that relationship with God is only through faith in Jesus Christ. Like Jesus, we can be trusting in God for every new day. For every new situation we find ourselves in. We can have that deep down peace of God in our lives through the ordinary times in preparation for the extraordinary times, in preparation for the tough times, in preparation for the challenges that come our way, to know that personal, deep down peace daily prepares us for whatever lies ahead. Sometimes I think it's easier for 12-year-olds to understand this than it is for us adults, that we can have a peace with God that doesn't matter what comes along, we can trust God in that situation. Mary and Joseph They learned something that day about Jesus. They learned that the reason for him being there was to be about his father's business, to be in his father's house. Do you know what the scriptures say? Mary treasured these things in her heart. I think we have the privilege in hindsight that we can learn from Jesus' experience, learn from the stories about Jesus, and we too can treasure these things in our heart so that we can have a peace no matter what situations we're going through. That's my prayer for us all today. I think I'm praying that we'll have a fun day, we'll have a day amongst our friends, or if we're on our own, we might have a day of sleep. But it'll be a worthwhile day. But it is a special day, isn't it? And we've got to be making sure that the ordinary days are also special as well as we walk with God and know his peace day by day. Let me pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the scriptures that remind us of who Jesus is and what what he's done, what you've done in his life and through him, how he has shown us what you're all about. Dear Father, we thank you.
We thank you that in the special time of the year we can celebrate and, 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 and recognize your plan, your plan in action in, in the birth of Jesus and what it led to, uh, 30 or so years later, 33 years later. Father, we pray that we will make sure that in our lives daily you have a, a priority place where we walk with you as individuals and families and where we can see you in action in our lives in, in our ordinary days, let alone those extraordinary days when there are challenges and, and difficulties come along. So, Father, may we be people who uh, know that personal peace and who can share it with others. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.